Pero antes, un mensaje de nuestros auspiciadores. Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about the most beautiful girl in the world um, from The Gold Experience. Um, though, you know, we'll get into the history of when this should have been released and how this was released. Recorded on the 20th of September 1993, uh, with a little bit of overdubbing later on, I think, but mostly that was the day when he kind of did the song and released on the 14th of February 1994. On the track, it is just Symbol. Um, uh, you know, obviously this bears the performed, arranged, composed by Prince. Uh, there's extra production by uh, Ricky Peterson, though, um, you know, obviously we're not 100% sure on exactly what that is. But, you know, it's mostly Prince on the basic track. Um, and then there were four or five other versions <laughs> uh, that kind of used the same basic track in and had different people singing. There's a version that had some saxophone from Eric Leeds. There's a version that had, you know, uh, the MPG horns. There's so many different versions, uh, which obviously we can get into the discussion of later. Uh, yeah. the, the track itself is four minutes seven on the single release, which was put out um, by uh, not Warner Brothers. Um, and then on the album it becomes four, min uh, 4 minutes 25 the video goes for 4 minutes 55 and then the B-side remix um, which was originally meant to be face down something which you know I'll discuss more on that when I get to Emancipation is 5 minutes 57 although it goes by the name Beautiful um, joining me to talk about it today is Elliot Wallace hello Elliot hey there Darren uh, I, I want to say we are the most beautiful pod in the world that's the joke for this one that's all I could think of right now but it's a good one. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> For the genre, I don't feel like we got to fumble around. It's clearly a ballad. Yeah, oh, absolutely. A ballad. Uh, and I think it, it, it's kind of interesting because this song, in terms of like Prince's ballads, it's kind of very kind of like mid-tempo. And I mean, I, I wouldn't want to prejudge yeah. it and say rote. But, you know, the ideas kind of he's done this before, I would say more successfully for my personal right. tastes. I feel like if you're going to pick a Prince ballad, there is about three or four of the ballads from the 80s that I feel are kind of more successful and more interesting. Um, and um, maybe this might have to do with the fact that this was a number one single and has, you know, in the subsequent 20 years, it's kind of got a little overplayed for me. Um, right, I can I can see but, that. But you know, in terms of his ballads, I think like he's he's had more successful ballads. Um, and it's worth saying, of course, you know, Prince was only allowed to release this song, so he did that <laughs> um, a lot of times. You know, you, you yes. had you had you know, beautiful as the B side, and then you had it remixed, you know, sixteen different ways, including a cover by um, you know Maite, which was called "Most Beautiful Boy in the World." Um, and also, you know, you, you had, um, you know, The Beautiful Experience, which was released as an EP. Uh, which, again, Prince mm. was kind of allowed to keep doing different versions of the song. He just wasn't allowed to have any other songs as B-sides. Um, so this is why we end up with so many different remixes of this one particular song. But uh, it opens up with that kind of, um, I don't know how, it's kind of almost like sound effects, like the, the sound effects of birds tweeting and, you know, that kind of gentle kind of keyboard intro. 
um, which sounds right. kind of like it's meant to be strings, um, but you know it doesn't fully sound like strings. Um, and then we get the, the this wonderful kind of like drum fill. You know, on a good day, I would think was would be Michael Bland, but you know, on this occasion, it's Prince doing his own. Oh, you know, drums. This is just Prince by himself. There are no other people on this track. And we open up with Prince asking the question, "Could you be?" The most beautiful girl in the world. Like it, it, I know, by the end he gets into like a higher falsetto. But is like where is his voice in uh, at the at least at the beginning? Is it kind of like mid range? It's definitely not in its lower register. No, it's not low register. Not, but he's not yeah. falsetto yet. No, he he starts right. kind of in the middle and he leaves himself somewhere to go later on in the song. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like kind of describing where he is in the song feels kind of redundant because almost like, you know, Purple Rain, this is a song where people have probably heard it so many times they kind of already know. But yeah, it's worth noting he kind of starts in the middle. Um, there is some stuff later on where he starts doing the whole could you be, could you be, and he goes into his lower register for that. Um, but, yeah. you know, he kind of starts just kind of, you know, towards the upper end of his kind of middle register. Um, and we have this, you know, it's plain to see you're the reason that God made a girl. Um, and I guess we could say that that's the chorus, um, you know. Yeah. Uh, certainly on the lyric sheet that I have on the inside of my single, um, <laughs> purchased in February 1994, um, mm. those first two lines are separated out um, from the next kind of stanza, which forms, I would guess you say, the, the first verse. Um, on Gold Experience, he went super subtle, you know, like kind of, he, he he kind of backed off from anything that was too on the nose. So when he says, when the day turns into the last day of all time, um, you know, he has a clock ticking over the top of that. <laughs> um, you know, so, I mean, that was yeah. me underselling. He clearly, on the in this song, the, the sound effects really are about as on the nose as you could possibly get. Absolutely, yeah. And that that clock uh, happens in the second verse, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, where he says, how can I get through days when I can't through, get through yeah, hours? Like, tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. But on, the, on that occasion, kind of everything drops out and you really hear the, the ticking clock. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and he says, I hope that you are in these arms of mine. Um, and when the night falls before the last day, I will cry. Um, I will cry tears of joy because after you all one can do is die and then we get the falsetto the the O before we go into the falsetto could you be the most beautiful girl in the world it's worth saying as well you know there's a lot of double tracking on this triple tracking Um, at one point I I think you can kind of hear that there's at least four or five different princes going on like he really went to town on kind of you know the vocals and then of course we get it's plain to see you're the reason that God made a girl and then he he adds a few interjections so he on that he says oh yes you are I was I I, I was thinking on a note and I I felt like production wise it had a lot of instrumentation but it didn't feel uh, when I when I was listening to Shush for the first time it that felt like it was kind of overstuffed, and I think we talked about <laughs> yeah. that. But where this one, uh, this one seems to kind of flow a little easier. It definitely has the product. Um, like I'm reading the lyrics off of um, Genius dot uh, com, and it it says seventy soul inspired, and I definitely hear a lot of that Philly soul kind of uh, inspiration there. Uh, just like a little bit fuller, a little bit like a little bit more instrumentation, a lot more strings, and a lot more happening, especially vocal-wise and um, with sound effects, too. Um, but, yeah, it never feels like it's overbearing. And I think it's, I think partially it's also because of the the moderate pace of it, where so the, when, I guess if it's, if it's a slower song, you really start to notice there is a lot happening in this song, and it's kind of overbearing. Yeah. Where this is moving at enough of, of a good pace where 
I can hear everything and it allows me to at least, at least focus on how many things are avail or how many things are happening in this song. Yeah. So that's one thing I just kind of wanted to point out. I mean, yeah. I mean, Shh is like, like heavily <laughs> produced. Like there is yeah. so much stuff going on in that song. Um, and interestingly, you know, when Prince, you know, kind of came back in early 94 to do some, you know, overdubbing and, and stuff like that. Um, that was around the same time that he did. I hate you days of wild and, and Shh, and those are all, really overproduced songs <laughs> like the one thing yeah. that they share is the kind of the, the just ton of production that's on them um you know but yeah i i think i mean you know in terms of the actual kind of like instrumentation you are talking like you know a very kind of like the drums aren't you know aside from that kind of like opening fill you don't really notice the drums in this song um mm. you know there's a kind of there's a bit of guitar there's a, a little bit of keyboard um, and that's kind of pretty much it, you know, the, you know, aside from the kind of the very on the nose sound effects here and there, um, you know, there's not a huge amount of kind of production going on. And I think that's mostly because this is Prince's, you know, this is Prince showing off his voice. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, yeah. there's, if there's one instrument that's used on this a lot, it is like we said, Prince starts kind of just below his falsetto range and then he kind of goes up to the falsetto range. And by the end, he's kind of almost doing like whistle notes. Um, yeah, I was know. saying uh, it's kind of like if you ever heard DeBarge's uh, I Like It from, I guess, 1983. That was the first uh, uh, comparison I made where at the end of the song, um, I think it's El DeBarge. One of the members goes into like a really high whistle vocal range, too. So, yeah, that was like uh, the uh, the marker for me when I was hearing the song. Um, and then, we're, you know, on the second verse, how can I? And I that's how mm. he breaks it up as well. He's like, how can I? get through days when I can't get through hours. And then of course, you know, we get the ticking clock. I could try, but when I see you, I'm devoured. And <laughs> I like the way that he sings that as well. Um, and of course we get, you get these, these little, Oh yeses here and there where, where he kind of has these interjects. And then he kind of starts to go up to his falsetto for who'd allow, who'd allow a face to be soft as a flower. Um, and then he says, I could bow. And then we get, we get like this weird little break and we hear the words bow down and feel mm. proud in the light of this power. Um, uh, oh yes, oh could you be? Oh. And then this is where we start to get the you know the kind of could you be this like there's like the echo of could you be after the first could you be the most beautiful girl in the world. Um, it's plain to see you're the reason that God made a girl. Um, and then you know we go to the middle eight, uh, which is you know has got lots of <laughs> lots of sound effects. I feel like this is where Ricky P really broke out, you know, the uh, the BBC Radiophonic Workshop sound effects record number 6 where it's like anything to do with the sound of stars falling in the sky and you know Prince sings and yeah. this is where he goes kind of back down to his lower register where he says and if the yeah. stars fell one by one from the sky I know that Mars could not be uh too far behind. And I love how he sings that that little uh. So when when I I just when I look at that lyric, I think, and I, I was trying to time it out, but I think Venus should have been there instead of Mars because Venus makes sense because of love. Yeah. And Mars is the and I I think it's like a rhyming meter where stars uh, and Mars were kind of what he was going for, but Venus seems right. I can't like go back in time and ghostwrite the song. But, you know, that was just something I, I wanted to kind of say. Yeah, no, I think I, yeah. I think he's going for... Because obviously you have... If you if you look at the amount of syllables, you have the... And if the stars, yeah. 
I know that Mars, like they cut, they they kind of hit the same point on the on each bar. Yeah. So it may, it makes sense to to have that as the rhyme. But yeah, it having the god of war c- following you behind doesn't really make any sense. Um, no. But yeah, so, uh, yeah. But but I I love the little interjection of could the kind of uh, couldn't too far behind. Um, yeah. And then he says, "Cause baby, this kind of beauty has got no reason to ever be shy. Cause honey, this kind of beauty is the kind that comes from inside." And uh, this is when we get the breakdown, where 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 Prince goes re- into really into his lower register. For, could you be, could you be the most beautiful girl in the world? And then he starts kind of coming up the scale, going so beautiful, beautiful. It's plain to see, plain to see. You're the reason that God made a girl. And then this is like on the outro, all we get is Prince doing vocal workouts, where he's, yeah. he's singing the oh yeah, um, yes you are, girl. Um, you must be you're the reason oh yeah <laughs> and the kind of could you be could you be and then he keeps going higher and higher and higher until he gets to the kind of where he's kind of almost squeaking uh kind of calling back to stuff that he did on like uh you know the beautiful ones and uh you know stuff from purple rain it's been a while since he's kind of done his kind of vocal squeakings um so you know it's kind of nice for him to, to kind of uh, you know kind of start doing those here again yeah but yeah i mean I, I what i love about this song even though like i said earlier i felt it you know maybe it's a little overplayed is the fact that we get prince kind of um you know going up and down his vocals and kind of just showing off and you know showing how he could kind of go down low and then kind of gradually bring himself back up high and then kind of go into the falsetto and then at the same time you know you have the in the chorus you have him singing in falsetto but also double tracking it with a lower register and you know this is you know prince has, has put on the on the you know on the the single um and you know i'm sure the cd single although i never own that um Produced, arranged, composed, and performed by Prince. Now, obviously, or by Symbol, should I say? And, by Symbol, I was going to yeah. ask. And and, sure. and Symbol appears courtesy of Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like the fact that he, you know, I'm not saying it's been a while since he's done this, but this is the first time since Graffiti Bridge where he's been without a band. And you know, on the last couple of albums, you know, he's had produced, arranged, composed, and performed by you know Prince and the New Power Generation. So this is the first time in in about four years that he's taken that sole credit. Uh, and right. you know he's the only person playing on this you know he's playing everything you know he's doing the drums he's doing the vocals he's doing the backing vocals he's doing everything and right. you know he's obviously kind of taking ownership of this he's distributing it you know he's uh he's calling buyers late at night to get the numbers uh you know he's making sure that the trucks have got enough singles on you know he's he's involved in every part of this song in a way that you know he hasn't been for you know quite a while and uh and you know it, i feel like that kind of really shows on the song you know that Everything that's on here is for him to show off a little bit, um, you know, right. for him to for him to kind of do that little drum intro, you know, almost as if to say, look, I don't need a drummer. I'm Prince. <laughs> if I need to, I could do my own drum intro, um, you know, and then all the kind of, you know, the, the kind of the guitar stuff. And then also for him to say, look, I don't need backing vocals. I'm my own backing. I'm Prince. Yeah, I'm, I'm Prince. I'm my own backing. Yeah. yeah and, and that's what that's what this single seems to be is kind of I can almost understand why the executives at Warner Brothers would have heard everything on come. Um, with the exception of the title track. And then they would have heard this song and they would have gone, yes, put this on Come. Let's have this as the lead single from Come. And Pr- I can almost understand why Prince is like, no, 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 no. I'm holding this one back. This is, you know, this is mine. I'm going to have this um, for me. Obviously, it was a huge success. And, um, you know, it's it's just a really good song. You know, it's like, it's one of those things yeah. where when Prince wants to, he can kind of just go into the studio, um, you know, and spend like a day um, in this case, the 20th of September, 1993, 
just making a song. And then when it finishes, you know, he, he, I, I mean, I want to I want to I want to kind of imagine Prince turning to uh, the empty space where an engineer would normally be and going, this is it. This is a number one. I've just recorded a number one. But obviously there being mm. no engineer because Prince records his vocals, you know, with no one watching him. <laughs> so then he has or maybe to... he, he says this is a number one and then runs really quick back yeah. into the, uh, <laughs> into the uh, engineer chair. It's like, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I you know, it's just it's just one of those songs that I've you know, I mean, my feelings are probably kind of colored by the fact that I've heard it for twenty something years. Um and out of out of kind of Prince's back catalogue, you know, there are some songs on some you know, some album tracks that I think I enjoy more than the singles, just because, you know, I know those songs and you know, right. other people don't. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, um, when everyone is suddenly a Prince fan because they've heard this song, you're like Oh, you weren't you weren't there through the hard years, you know. You weren't you weren't there through New Power Generation Part Two. Um, you know, you, you can't you can't claim the most beautiful girl in the world and call yourself a Prince fan if the last time you were a Prince fan was a decade earlier with Purple Rain, and you know you won't yeah. be a, you won't be a Prince fan again for another ten years until Musicology. So, and maybe there's just a little bit of that, but I mean, uh, I mean, I would still say five out of five. Uh, yeah, I'll. I'll... Yeah, I'll give it a five out of five. I was really going to give it a four just because this is also that era of Prince uh, where everything kind of feels uh, – it's, it's it's just so many things happening that seem to kind of uh, take away from, you know, what I loved about him from the 80s and even the early 90s. It's just kind of like the overstuffed production. And this is one of those songs where it, it is just very simple and it has a really nice groove. Uh, I'll say that at least uh, here, I, I haven't heard that. So I haven't heard this song too often on like a pop radio or old old timey, not old timey, like old school radio <laughs> as often as you might have. So it's it's a little bit more rare. I definitely you, I definitely hear more of like his eighties work, uh, especially Kiss. I'm I'm more inclined to like hear on uh, on the, on the radio comparatively. So I'm not. I don't hear it too often to where I'm just kind of annoyed by it, but it's always nice when it comes on and it always kind of feels good to come on. So, you know, I'll, I'll give it a five. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe since his death, DJs have mm. a choice of what they can play for Prince and, you know, they'll kind of either maybe go when doves cry or possibly, you know, diamonds and pearls, maybe they'll go kiss. Some of them might go alphabet street, but you know, there seems to be quite a few, uh, you know the fact that I've heard this on the radio in the last couple of months at least four or five times. Um, just, mm. the, maybe it, maybe it's just there's, there's some DJs out there who just really like the song and keep keep yeah. playing it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's one of those songs where you know Prince obviously it seems like he had a goal in mind, which was um, you know to record you know a ballad. Um, I feel like the video itself kind of gives away some of the intention because. Um, you know, you have, you know, Prince put this advert out um, asking for, you know, could saying, could you be the most beautiful girl in the world? <laughs> um, you know, an eligible bachelor seeks the most beautiful girl in the world to spend holidays with um, was, <laughs> was how it was phrased. Um, and that was put into, um, you know, a number of um, kind of advertisements um, in newspapers, um, including in the, the US, in the UK, um, you know, in in uh, in Spain in uh in the netherlands like you know there are a lot of kind of um different places uh, where it was advertised and you know there were fifty thousand women apparently who responded to this advert 
um, wishing to spend time with Prince, who I should <laughs> say was not an eligible bachelor at the time. He'd been seeing Maite for right. more than a year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was the advert that he put out. Um, and then on the 22nd of January, 1994, at Paisley Park, he, you know, he filmed a video. Um, and it features, um, you know, obviously you, you have Prince, you have his band at the time, which was Michael B, Sonny T, um, you know, Mr. Hayes, Tommy Barbarella. Um, you know, none of them, <laughs> none of them really actually played on the song apart from Prince. So they're all kind of just miming along to Prince stuff. Um, right. And then you had the seven, apparently there were 30 semi-finalists and Prince kind of whittled that down um, to seven. Now the, the 30 appear on the sleeve. Um, on the cover of the uh, of the single, you have you know the the thirty different women um, whose faces surround the the kind of the little speech bubble that forms most beautiful girl in the world. Um, but yeah, so you know that was that was what kind of made up the artwork. And then also on the inside sleeve, you have kind of um, the the kind of the seven winners are kind of their photographs are just on the inside um, with a symbol overlaid. But apparently, this was meant to take place. Um, in Los Angeles, but uh, due to an earthquake, they moved it to Minneapolis um, at the last minute. Um, you know, people were, fl- you know, they were flown into uh, to Paisley Park, and um, you know, uh, the video was shot by Antoine Fuqua. Um, oh you wow! Know, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, with Prince also co-directing stuff. Um, right. You know, and there's, you know, you have various different, um, you know, types of women. There's, there's, you know, there's a there's an older woman. Uh, you know, there's a couple of younger women. There's one who is in a wedding dress. Uh, I'm, 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 I, I, think I think it's the opening of the video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you have another woman who kind of becomes president and is, is congratulated <laughs> on being uh, president uh, with a balloon uh. drop and everything. Um, you know, and obviously Prince is wearing uh, probably one of one of the kind of, you know, one of his uh, his. Uh, you know, kind of uh, more distinct outfits where he has like a, you know, like a, a, a kind of a, a matador. Red. Yeah. Well, he has it like a bright red, like um, uh, it's almost like a, like a jumpsuit because right. it's just one piece. You can't, you kind of can't see if it's, you know, trousers and a, and a shirt or whatever. And then over the top, yeah, he has this kind of this matador jacket, which has like kind of a, a white lace around the, the, the wrists and around the kind of the edge. And yeah. has, I, I mean, if you can, if you watch the video, you can kind of see it. It's also patterned as well. It's not just, it's not kind of plain. But he he, he, he kind of sings the song against like a red kind of stage. Um, so there is a kind of danger of him just disappearing and just turning into like a, a head and a couple of hands. And obviously he wears his symbol on a chain, uh, something that he would do kind of for the rest of his life. He would always have the, the symbol somewhere on him in jewelry mm. but yeah so you know i i think as well the like the video itself uh which i remember seeing played i mean so many times on mtv <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous like it was you know it was played all the time it, it, i mean obviously i can understand because it was a number one single but also it just right. yeah i think it's it's kind of an interesting video because it is kind of prince saying that the most beautiful girl in the world is not just maite for a start yeah uh, which is who you would think it is but it is basically all women and that is kind of the message yeah. that the prince wanted to get across with the video i really enjoy the video i think it's quite a fun video you know prince particularly <laughs> particularly the way prince performs i love how he like he's very expressive with his arms in this video for some reason there's a lot of whenever he gets the kind of the, the verses and choruses he's kind of pulling down as though trying to you know close blinds or something um and you know so there's a few kind of little, he's mostly kind of static but he kind of just dances around on the spot a little bit 
Um, yeah. you know, and the rest of the band seem kind of disinterested. <laughs> They're just sitting there kind of... That keyboardist, the keyboardist who was playing the two keys, he was throwing his hair all over the place, though. Oh, yeah, no, no, that Tommy, Tommy yeah, Tommy, you can't, you can't avoid Tommy Barbarella and his hair, you know, but yeah. the other guys seem a little kind of bored, you know, probably this is a very long day at Paisley Park of them just kind of miming the same thing over and over again, um, yeah. you know, but yeah, so, and kind of... Like the level of success that this single got, you know, this is essentially the last real peak for Prince, you know. Um, yeah. After this, you have, um, you know, I Hate You and Gold got released the following year. Then Dinner with Dolores, which wasn't even released in the US. Um, and then, you, you know, you kind of had stuff like Dolphin also, you know, got a video, but didn't get a single release. Um, and then by the time we get into, you know, after Emancipation, um, Prince basically didn't release any more singles. You know, in the kind of technical sense, he then kind of just went online, um, you know, yeah. and everything was kind of, you know, released through the MPG Music Club. You know, nothing counted towards chart success or anything, you know. So basically after this, he kind of like, you know, you get a few more singles and then, you know, it, Prince basically stopped appearing on the singles charts. Yeah. And, you know, you could argue that maybe the singles charts were relevant for another five or six years. But really, this century, has anyone paid that much attention to you know, the singles charts, uh, you know, in the era of digital downloads, I guess they got a bit more relevant again. But the, what you're yeah. talking about then is just a chart of what's being sold on iTunes. And, right. You know, yeah. but uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there, there have been a couple of kind of cover versions other than, you know, my most beautiful boy in the world. Uh, which I have not heard, but what, which I understand uses the exact same music. Exact same music, uh, exact same sound effects. Uh, the only thing it changes is in the first line where it says beautiful boy. And then it goes into the second line, um, uh, you're the reason that God made a girl, which as I, I, it doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> logically, like it made sense in Prince's song, but then you're telling him that God made women because you are so beautiful. Like, yeah. Oh, that, that's, that doesn't sound right. The logic doesn't really function there for me, but who knows? Who knows? No. That, of course, appeared on um, on uh, Child of the Sun, uh, which was Maite's uh, only album, which was released in November 1995. Once more, Prince flooding the market with more music. Uh, yeah. But somebody else obviously recording it. You know, then obviously there was also a Spanish version, which is Quiero Ser el Más Bello de Este Mundo. Um, and then there was also good. a French version, Le Gaisson, Le Plus Beau dans le Verse, you know, <laughs> which was released by uh, Ophelia Winter, you know, and basically, you know, there were, there were kind of a, a lot of different cover versions of it. There was a rapper that I, I was not 100% familiar with called Raheem the Dream, which I've got to admit is a great name. Um, <laughs> and he kind of just sampled the, you know, um, could you be the most beautiful girl in the world? But he sampled just the most beautiful girl in the world part and kind of repeated yeah. it over and over uh, you know, and then there was also a version by an artist called Alex Bugnon. I don't know if that's how you say his name. I, I feel like it's probably a bit more French. Um, but the version that he recorded mm. sounds kind of just like elevator music. Like it doesn't very Muzaki kind of. Yeah, it's not uh, like he did like you know music jazzy kind of not jazzy but you know jazz kind of. Um, and then you know Bruno Mars is known to cover the song live. He's you know, he's also done a couple of other Prince songs. Kind of makes sense. It's yeah. kind of in his vocal range. You know Prince then also you know he used the Mustang mix of uh, the most beautiful girl in the world as a B side for the Holy River, which was uh, one of the singles released from Emancipation. Um, you know, so obviously, once again, milking uh, this particular cash cow, 
Uh, I don't think that really helped the Holy River um, chart, but, you know, it was worth trying at least. Um, yeah. You know, and then in terms of, you know, performing this on tour, Prince performed it for, as he did with most of the Gold Experience, 94, 95. Um, and then, you know, he kind of brought it back in 98 and, you know, pretty much a handful of tours after that, you know, 2002, 3, 4, he performed it. Um, and then from that point on, um, you know, he would kind of just do uh, as part of a medley in 2007 and again on tour in 2011, 12, 13, 14, all the way up until 2016, uh, where mm. I think he brought it back as a solo song that he just kind of played. Um, you know, so this kind of became, you know, a, a kind of staple of his uh, of his set list uh, performing it live, which, you know, understandable because <laughs> it, it was kind of his last really well-known song. Um, right. You know. And so, you know, th- like this is kind of the point at which most people who were casual Prince fans, you know, kind of remember Prince, you know, that after this, you know, he just kept releasing albums, but they probably wouldn't be able to tell you the names of any of them. And they probably wouldn't be able to name any other singles after this. Right. So this is kind of this is the kind of the end of Prince being part of the mainstream. And let's put it like this, yeah. you know, 78 to 94, that's, that's kind of 16 years. Uh, if you if you only take it from him crossing over with 1999, still a good 12-year run. That's better than a number of artists manage. You know, he managed to stay relevant oh, yeah. for quite some time. Obviously, for Prince fans, he stayed relevant after this for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, this is kind of the point, like you said, I wouldn't say the dark ages, but this is kind of the point where Prince, he started putting out so much stuff that some people just could not keep up. But also, if you think about the dispute in terms of who is covering it, you have the music press um, who rely Mm -hmm. on record labels to give them interviews with certain artists, to give them access, concerts, to give them early kind of um, recordings of albums for them to review. If there's just this one artist who is, at this point, just fresh out of a $100 million contract and, you know, has just signed a very lucrative deal with EMI for a one-album deal and who's spent his time writing the word slave on his cheek. And, you know, he asks you to come and do interviews, but he won't let you bring a recorder or any kind of note-taking equipment. You know, you have to ask yourself as the music press, who do you side with? The people who are going to give you access to albums, concerts, and, you know, artists, or this one sole person who seems to be completely slipping out of relevance. Yeah. And, you know, the music press mostly sided kind of with Warner Brothers. Though, almost 20 years later, Prince kind of had a point. And, you know, a lot of artists these days, when they sign with record labels, they don't get into the same kind of contracts that Prince um, or anyone of that time would have got into. They they kind of, they still own their own music and they're kind of allowed to mm. distribute music more freely. And then you have situations yeah. like, you know, more recently, the, the Ed Sheeran album where every single track charted in the charts. Jeez. So like kind of the relevance of what the music industry does, I feel has kind of faded a little bit since Prince yeah. was kind of fighting with. But it does feel like at the time Prince kind of got the raw end of the stick because he was the one protesting an industry that was supplying all, all these different magazines. The saying is, um, don't fight someone who buys ink by the barrel. And at that particular point, I think Warner Brothers had enough power that they they weren't, let's say they weren't buying um, publications, um, but you can't see Rolling Stone putting up a big editorial about how record companies are evil and their contracts are terrible. It's kind of something where Prince kind of had a point. Uh, but I feel like he didn't get across. It was too early. It was too yeah. early. I was thinking about when, uh, just how he moved everything uh, online, and as and you know, by the end he was working with Title, um, but that was just like a decade, like or two too early, and just not the same kind of audience. 
uh, that would have been using streaming or let alone downloading services. You know, I I think, I guess I think of it as like the Napster crowd in the late nineties, early two thousands. That was mostly like college students uh, who was, who were you be using that or who would have that. So, but I think it was just coming a bit too early uh, for everyone to kind of catch up. And now everyone can catch up. It's a great song. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Five. Like if you were to pick a song off the gold experience to be the lead single, you, you know, you would go, well, this, you know, this ballad is really going to kind of, you know, get you noticed, release this as a single. And obviously Prince did that, found a lot of success. And yep. then almost immediately <laughs> decided to release another couple of albums within the space. Like if you go from, you know, the release date of this single to, you know, the end of, you know, to, to the end of 1999, Prince puts out something ridiculous like 100 songs um, or mm. about 120 songs. Like he's just released so much material. And that's that's even excluding stuff from MPG and Maite and various other people. You know, like if you start to include them, you're getting close to 200 songs in the space of like five years. <laughs> Just way too much stuff for people to keep to kind of keep up with. Absolutely. And I feel like that's probably why this is the the last kind of thing that people remember Prince for. You know, until he did the Super Bowl performance. But, you know, as we've discussed, I think they remember the performance more than the actual songs that he performed. So I felt like we said about as much as can possibly be said about the most beautiful girl in the world. So yep. uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Elliot? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at E.H. Wallace. And you can also find me on Instagram. I want to make sure... I have it right. I'm trying to, I'm doing a, a health uh, Instagram and you can find that at the Elliot Wallace, uh, two L's, two T's. Uh, yeah. So if you want to look me up and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks for being my guest here, Elliot. Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye. You are now an official member of the new power generation. Welcome to the dawn. Dawn. 